This is the 338th Worship to Go, the weekly podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church, recorded on February 3rd, 2013. For today is Psalm number 71, verses 1 through 6. Listen for God's word. In you, O God, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress. To save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have learned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. The word of the Lord. Thanks.
This morning's epistle lesson is familiar to all of you. So I invite it to read it. I invite you to read it with me out loud together. So please open your pew Bibles to page 175 in the New Testament. That's in the back of the Bible, and we will read together. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own day. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part. But when the, com- but when the complete comes, the partial will become to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so I want a show of hands. Raise your hand if this is your favorite epistle lesson. I thought so. It is so hard to separate this passage from the warm, fuzzy feelings we all have of beautiful brides and white wedding dresses, of rented tuxedos, of unity candles, and all the other rituals and trappings of our wedding ceremony. This passage is unique to any other passage in the Bible which speaks of love in that it is totally linked to romantic sentimentality. It's the wedding passage. Even though there's nothing in the passage about marriage, it is linked to flowers and kisses and those frilly wedding gowns. It is an interesting text. God is not mentioned in the text, nor is Christ. But the meaning of the text is all about our relationship with our Lord. The speech is brilliantly written. So I do hope that Paul had the opportunity to read it out loud to those people in Corinth. The writing style of this chapter of the epistle is so rich with metaphors and with imagery. 
Think about it. Sounding brass and clanging cymbals. I mean, isn't that great? Paul also used the short phrases and forceful verbs which add explanation points to the message. Love bears, love believes, love hopes, love endures all things. This is speech writing at its finest. So no wonder the text has become a favorite for so many. But let's return to the text to glean its full meaning and its fullness. Yes, this is the text about love, but to understand it, we must realize the love Paul is talking about is Christian love. Now, the Greek language, as most of you know, is rich and had different words to describe different forms of love. You know, first there's eros, which is physical love, and which is indeed a gift from God. But it's not the type of love that Paul was addressing. Then there's the Greek word for love, which is brotherly or sisterly love, which words like philanthropy come from, caring for our brothers and sisters. But Paul used another word which hadn't been used much in the Greek language for Christian love, and he assigned to it the meaning of agape. It is the love we have experienced from God in the experience of the life and death and resurrection of Christ. The love described in 1 Corinthians 13 is the love that we experience as God takes hold and takes a grasp of our life. Paul was a man on a mission, and this epistle was written to a very fractured community of Christians. Paul was writing to a community and a Christian congregation with huge divisions. See, some members were trying to enhance their status within the community by saying that their spiritual gifts were of greater worth than others. And last week, Pastor Eric preached on the chapter previous to this, chapter 12, where Paul said that all spiritual gifts were gifts from God and that all members of the community with their, with their wonderfully different gifts play essential roles for the good of the church. But now in chapter 13, Paul says that those who practice Christian love or agape trump all other gifts. Paul wants us, the Christian community, to know that love, to know that agape, is the center of our very being as Christians. Agape is the grounding for our meaning, and without it, even the most spiritual practices we have in church or the most justice-seeking activities are absolutely meaningless. As a community who follows Jesus, Paul says we should ask ourselves why we are doing these things. And if we cannot say that we're doing it for love or that we're not doing it in love, we should question it. What had happened in Corinth was that the members of the Christian community had gotten so preoccupied with who had the greatest spiritual gifts that they'd forgotten Christ's message, which was about love. Love, not the other gifts, is what the community should be about. Paul believed that love, agape, molds us into who we are. 
Love is not just about our feelings, as they're going to come and go, but love remains forever. Paul has a tirade of things that love is not. It is not envious, like the people of Corinth were. It is also not boastful, as they had been as well. Love is to be practiced within our community of believers. Paul says that we learn behavior like patience when we learn not to keep score of the wrongdoings of others, and that is within the community of believers called the church. It is within our relationships as members of Fairmont Presbyterian Church that we develop this part of our character. You see, it's within the church that we learn about love. The church is where we learn what agape means. Paul wants us to know that our knowledge of everything, including this thing called love, is really only partial. We must maintain a sense of humility and a sense of humor with everything we do and everything we believe as we're really mere humans. When the perfect comes, when God's, when God's realm comes to earth, God will be able to judge the secrets that are within our hearts, and everything but love will be rendered obsolete. The key is t- to this love is that we have to live it. We live in the love of God. The type of love that Paul describes expresses itself in patience, in kindness, in rejoicing in the truth. It expresses itself in bearing in believing and hoping and enduring. We know that this love is not envious, it's not boastful, it's not arrogant, rude, irritable, resentful, and that it does not insist on its own way. As we learn about this agape love, we know it is something that has to be lived. In fact, to live in Christian community is to be an agent of love. For the world. We are not to seek our own advantage, but we're to work on behalf of the other. Agape love is not a feeling, you see, it's an action. To follow Christ, we are called to love and to bring it, to bring that love to others. And we do this in our ministries. We teach our children to love others through their mission programs through their Super Bowl of caring, through their other activities that they love and care for others. We teach them to be concerned about the hungry as God is and to work to bring love and to bring care to the world. Our ministries of pastoral care bring God's love to others, whether that's a deacon bringing flowers to a homebound member, a prayer shawl being taken to a person in the hospital, We are, indeed, loving others. Through our mission projects, we carry love, we carry agape out into the community by our youth serving community meals at Bethany Church, by our housing homeless families through Family Promise here in our church building, and by our partnership with North Church, which serves Cleveland's poorest population. God calls us to love. And even though our knowledge of God and God's realm might be dim, 
we can be assured that the love we experience in our Christian life is permanent and it is persistent. The love we learn about at this church that we experience together in this Christian community and that we take out and share with others in God's world is what matters. The faithful life is one that gives testimony to the centrality of love in our faith that embodies the character of that love and gives witness to its permanence. I want to close by asking you to look around the sanctuary this morning. I want you to look at all our fellow Fairmonters who embody God's gift of love. In each of your work, in each of your daily activities, in your prayer life, in the many ways each of you here has found a ministry in this church, you are the testimony to what agape is, of what Christian love is. In what you do, both here and throughout the week, in your home, in your offices, at your jobs, in your classrooms, you are witnesses to others about what Christian love is. As I look out at each of you, and I know the many things that each of you do as a person who has experienced God's love, has experienced God's agape, and I know how you share it with others. And as you share God's love by caring for God's children as Christ cared for us, you are spreading the good news. You are spreading the gospel to others. And I thank God for each of you. Amen.